Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and to the second chapter of Briar Rose. Let's jump right in. Long after Madame is gone, I find myself staring at the closed steel door. When I finally become aware of my surroundings again, I realise that Ella and I are the only ones left in the room. My best friend gives my shoulder a gentle squeeze. Madame is weird, don't let her get to you. A twinge of fear tightens my insides. I can't stop thinking about Blanche, though. Remember how she told the group that her dream has changed too? She saw pelicans or something. It was falcons. Yeah, and right after that, Madame gave out those brochures and sign-off sheets, then Blanche disappeared. Ella's blue eyes fill with understanding. So... What do you want to do? I can stay at your side as a bodyguard. I chuckle. <laughs> Last time that happened, you picked the pockets of my aunties and all their friends from the summer fairy court. What? They had too much stuff. I was trying to show them what was really important in life. To fairies? I tried to not all out laugh, but I can't. Instead, my pulse speeds up. Blanche's body was never found. My eyelids droop. Silver spots cloud my vision. The walls seem to move in closer. Deep inside my soul, I feel that familiar sensation. It's as if someone placed a lockbox in the core of my being. Inside the impenetrable safe sits a spell from Colonel Mallory. Right now, that lockbox is shifting inside me. It wants to break free. That can only mean one thing. Another episode is coming on. Ella grabs my purse and pulls out my inhaler. Quick, take your medicine. I uncover the top of a small device. Set it to my mouth and give myself a puff of medicated air. This stuff tastes terrible. But I start to feel more alert again. Thanks. Ella narrows her big blue eyes. You shouldn't be alone. I'm staying in my condo this week. Why don't you hang out with me? Ella has her own apartment in the village under... An assumed name. We can do some recon work on my latest target. I'll even give you access to my good computer. You're a way better hacker than I am. Mantis might not have let me attend a regular school, but they did let me get a computer with high-speed internet access. And over the years, I've become quite good at being a bad girl online. It's tempting. I worry my lower lip with my teeth. Mm, but I'm supposed to join Philpot later. It is Wednesday night, sorry. I make little quotation marks with my fingers when I say sorry. Blow him off. The Philcott is total too. I know, but it's just easy if I pretend that I'm still considering marrying him someday. Don't judge. You know my aunties. I met them. No judgment. She doesn't need to mention the real reason why. I do whatever my aunties say. They're the only ones who can make my magical meds. Trust me, I've tried to find alternative sources. No go. My aunties are it. Until I'm 18 and don't need meds anymore, I have to deal with them. But once my birthday is over, so is my curse. There will be no more sleeping sickness, no more Philpot, and best of all, no more aunties. My breath catches. Crap. I forgot all about my aunties. I stare at the metal door. No doubt. 
offering him a waiting in the hallway outside. If I don't leave soon, they'll barge him for sure. I have to finalise plans with Ella and fast. Want to go with me to the party tonight? Phil Potts' penthouse is right next door to the Le Charm building. Le Charm's the only big, biggest and fanciest jeweller in New York. In fact, easy access to the Le Charm HQ is one of the only advantages of fake dating Philpot. I'll pass. What? You've always gone with me before. And by gone with me, I mean breaking and entering. Ella and I have hit the Le Charm building at other times. The bottom floors of Jules Galore, many of which fit Ella's theft profile. You see, Ella specialises in requiring um, jewels that have already been stolen. She returns them to their rightful owners and collects a reward. She calls the entire process unstealing, which is total Ellie Think. But I don't judge. After all, a girl's got to eat and avoid her evil stepfamily. For my part, I'm interested in the top floors of the building. That's where the Le Charm family lives and keeps their offices. Their eldest son, Alec, likes to collect rare papyri from ancient Egypt. Super unusual stuff, too. Whenever we break in, Ella gets jewels while I take photos of rare hieroglyphics. It's always been a win-win, Ella sighs. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to break an enter with you, just not tonight. I shake my head. I can't believe you're taking a pass. Let's just say I've been spending too much time with the Le Charme inventory lately. I need to give them some space. Plus, I have another huge job I'm working on. It's... I don't want to know. Probably for the best. Still, you should totally skip the fill pots for it. Come hang with me at my place. Like I said, you'll get to use my good computer. Which is no small gift. Ella's so-called good computer is tricked out with every hacking app the black market has to offer. The only system that beats it is the one I built in her cabin. In Adarion Dax. It's tempting. My lower lip, I worry it again with my teeth as I think about the paprin. I'm supposed to be in Alex's office right now. Sorry, I have to pass. Alex just got the new shipment of papri. You know his system. He only keeps them around for a few days before sending them someplace even I can't find. There's no way I can pass up the chance to make copies. Ella picks at some strange threads on her torn dress. Her normally bright features droop with fear. I don't like the idea of you going there alone. My eyebrows lift. Don't tell me you're afraid. Ella's scared of nothing. I'm protective of you. She puffs out a lollet. There's a difference. Now, if Ella told me everything would be fine, I might have skipped the party, hung out at a condo, and hacked the night away. But since Ella worries that I can't handle this alone, it makes me, well, very rebellious, and my rebellion reflux sort of kicks in. All my life, I've been told that I can't do stuff because of my episodes. Sure, anything I do is a risk, but staying home and hiding out... That means missing out on my life. It's not an option. Don't worry, Ella. I'll be fine. If you say so. I do. Will you have my back? Ella perks right up. Always. Thanks. In that case, can you be on phone duty tonight? Say I'm sleeping over at your place. This is all part of the scam that Ella and I worked on years ago. I have two phones. My aunties bought me the first cell, which has a GPS software on it, so they can trace my location. I loaded the app myself and showed them how to use it. As fairies, they aren't what you call tech savvy. Looking at my location on the computer gives them an unreasonable sense of comfort about me going places without them. 
Plus, with magic draining from the world, they have to save their, save their spells for extreme situations. The second phone is my latest burner. Only Ellie gets that number. No problem. Ellie hands me a cell and I program in the number of my temp phone. These are pretty much untraceable and I get a new one every week. Once a new number is entered, I give Ella my official auntie phone for safekeeping. Ella slips my main phone into her raggedy pocket. After the party, are you going to the cabin? This is Ella's place in Adirondacks. She lets me keep my master computer set up there. It's mighty sweet. I even added a wall of monitors that are perfect for looking at papery. Where else? I want to look through the latest hieroglyphs. Besides, the quiet will be good. My aunties are making me crazy. I stare at the closed door. Any minute now, they'll burst through. Do you think you need anything from the Sham building? Access cards, codes? Nah, I'm good for that stuff from last time. Those should still work, right? Oh yeah, when it comes to acquiring tools for breaking and entering, Ella is the best underworld contacts in the business. In that case, I'm all set. I pack my purse where I carry all my goodies. Ella doesn't reply, though instead, she winds a strand of filthy hair around her finger. She's still worried. If you insist on going, I do. Just promise me that you'll take your meds. You can't have an episode while you're driving. I always take my meds. You know how careful I am. Suddenly, the door flies open and my aunties rush in. Like many fairies, they are petite, with quick bird-like movements. First, there's Lorelei. She's got light grey hair and a body that reminds me of a flamingo. Skinny with long legs, a short torso, and a nose that can only be described as a beak-like. My second aunt, Tifana, looks mm, pretty similar to Lorelei, except her hair is black and streaked with grey. And third, there's Mirabelle. To continue with the bird analogy, Auntie Mira always reminds me of a plump red N. She's got a round body, small black eyes with red hair that's pulled back into a bun. Mostly, she... And Fanna click about in the background while Lorelei does all the talking. Speaking of Lorelei, she's the first to rush into the room. The woman is in a flurry of movement with her long legs and pink Chanel pantsuit. You're still in here? We were gravely concerned. Nothing to worry about. My voice sounds fake calm, even to me. I was just talking to Ella. Lorelei freezes, since Fanna and Mirabel were following closely behind her. They almost slam into Lorelei's back. You. Lorelei points finger to Ella. You're in racks. Ella grins. Isn't it wonderful? I got the lead in the Magicorum Academy production of Oliver. For the record, Ella, as my aunt is convinced, she goes to high school for elite Magicorum kids. Don't ask. I'm just practicing getting in character. Ella is so awesome. I'm sure she made that up on the fly. How clever, gasps Lorelei and turns to Fanna and Mirabelle. Don't you both think so? My other aunt is green, but Lorelei doesn't stop to listen. Now, what are you two girls doing tonight? Going to Philpot's party, I say. Lorelei keeps staring at Ella. I assume that part, but what about after? We'll stay at my family's condo in the village, explains Ella in this case. Ella is her own family. Not that my aunties know that. We'll watch TV, maybe indulge in low-fat frozen yoghurt, the usual. Lorelei shrugs. That's fine. As long as she back the penthouse by Saturday at midnight, that's all I care about. My aunties are throwing me a birthday party of some kind. 
but those always start at midnight and end with the penthouse being trashed. Say what you want about my aunties, but fairies know how to party. Queen Nixa is coming, and everything, adds Vanna. Ella and I share a long walk. Queen Nixa leads a fairy summer court. And what's left of it, considering our magic is dying and all. But what Nixa lacks in power, she more than makes up for and crazy. Mostly she, she asks odd riddles with bizarre consequences, forgetting the answer's wrong. I made an art form to stay out of her way. Ugh. But she'll be at my birthday party again this year. What a disaster. I lift my chin. Still, it's a disaster that I don't have to worry about until Saturday. And that's all thanks to Ella. Without a voucher for me, I'd be locked in my room to read Alice's Ventures in Wonderland for the hundredth time. It's the only book that calms me when my aunties are near. I suppose that's because it's the story of a typical girl who gets pulled into a land of madness. Alice is my soul sister. I stand up and stretch my arms. Guess we better get going. I need to spend a lot of quality time getting ready for the party. Ella's loaning me a dress and doing my makeup. Good, Lorelai excels. You'll look presentable then. Anger tightens up my spine. Those kinds of comments always get to me. It's bad enough that I don't have no freedom and a fake boyfriend, but the constant sniping about my appearance pushes me over the edge. I always look presentable. Lorelai narrows her tiny eyes. I'll be the judge of that. I still don't understand why you want Mary Philpot on Saturday. It would be fulfill your life template. Not happening, Lorelai. I'm trying to date him. That's all. We'll see how it goes. If I like him, then maybe I'll marry him. But that's someday far off in the future. Lorelai looks down her long nose at me. As you say, there's a gleam in her tiny bird-like eyes that I don't like at all. She's up to something, that said. She's given me that look for years. We're only three days left before my birthday. I can start letting it get to me. And do you have your phone with you? asks Mirabelle. Actually, it's more like she clucks out the words from behind Lorelei. Always, it feels good to lie to them. I'm not sure what to say about me as a person. We have to go, says Ella brightly. Lots of work to do. Ella marches out the door and away from my aunties. The three fairies watch us leave in awed silence. If there's any proof that Ella is part of the Magicorum, it's how she can con anyone, anywhere, and at any time, she's the best. As we head out of the Denari League, all my previous worries melt away. Midtown Manhattan is a bustle of movement as office workers stream out of their skyscrapers and trudge across the sidewalk. The scent of hot dogs and sausage wafts towards me from a nearby pushcart. Big white clouds roll overhead in a deep blue sky. A sense of calm washes through my soul. What a great night this will be. I'll get digital copies of some new papyri, which is always a good reading. After that, it's only three days before my birthday and freedom. I smile. After Saturday, I'm an adult. No more Philpot. No more aunties. And if I wanted to, I could even move in with Ella. She invites me often enough. I just haven't wanted to jinx anything by making solid plans. But who knows, with so many choices opening up, maybe I will find my happily ever after, and soon. At this moment, anything seems possible. And that's the end of chapter two of Briar Rose. Please hit the like, share if you can, and remember to leave a comment and 
subscribe if you're not yet subscribed. They are all completely free and they all help the channel. Many blessings.